0: Welcome to episode two of On the Tangent podcast. I'm Sam, once again with my co-host Beth. Hello, and we are taking on the second half of Ari Oster's second feature film, Midsummer. Uh, we left off with um, Simon missing, Connie looking for him, and Mark being terrible as always. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So after Simon goes missing and Connie's pretty untrusting of it as she should be and even Danny's like hey this is weird Um, people go about their business Mark goes off with a girl and we start hearing a blood-curdling scream and no one even reacts to it and uh, so when, like I said in the previous episode, which you probably just listened to, um, Ari Oster has confirmed that this is where he would have put and had originally put Connie's death scene. Um, so he cut out an additional segment in the beginning of the film, uh, right after they get to the Harga, there's a little boy walking around in like chain mail and they were talking about um, something about a swimming lesson and he seemed pretty upset about it. And it references, and I don't know how he was going to explain this. Um, the little boy was essentially going to be sacrificed by being drowned in a lake or river wearing the chain mail. And the fact that he um, was willing to do it on his own accord as a child made it so they were like, no, you're, you're pure. You don't need to do this. You're really? Fine. Which then leads me to believe that part of the part of the sacrifice is that, that it has to be painful um, or at least, you know, the person dying has to be yelling um, because at the very end there's some yelling. So, so what happens to Connie is they put her in the vest and they drown her, which makes sense because when we see Connie's body at the very end, she's soaking wet and she's wearing chainmail.
1: I did not notice she was wearing chain mail. I saw she was wet. Look but at I it again. Figure out what happened to her.
0: And also it is light blue.
1: I'm gonna look this up right now. That is a mystery I've you been should. waiting for.
0: You should. So um so we find out the oracles are purposely bred that way. Connie goes missing then. And Josh is asking Pele if he can take photographs and talk to people about their um everything they're doing and Pele's first answer is absolutely not and this is where we start to get some feelings that maybe Pele's not being (laughs) honest with people um because he makes a comment like Christian already asked me and then by the end of the conversation it's like well I haven't asked anybody I didn't know Christian was doing that and um so he says he'll ask the elders if if Christian and Josh can actually record the history of things um because Josh really wants to photograph that oracle book uh which i just he should have just known
1: that it was a bad idea okay so i'm a bastard because i brought up something while we were exporting the audio from the first episode (laughs) they they mentioned that you can hear uh connie screaming in the background it's on the captions some of the characters react to it mark specifically turns around and stares into the distance while you see on the captions and hear quietly in the background a woman screaming Later on, when Danny is discussing the fact that um, Connie's gone and speaking to Christian, Mark says, "Well, I saw her trying out for a triathlon or track or something, implying she was running screaming." I'm like, "You saw a woman running for her life, screaming after her fiance just disappeared, went back to vaping, thought nothing of it." He's
0: we've trash. established. Mark is terrible. He's
1: trash. I looked up the image you were talking about. I did not understand that it was chainmail because the vest that she's wearing has all the greenery on it. I thought she'd mm-hmm. just been ornamented after death the way some of the others were.
0: Like Mark. And I, I thought the same thing. And then upon watching it a second time, so in between my first watching of the movie, which was months ago, and my second watching of the movie, which is literally days ago, I've obviously done a lot of research about it. So I knew to look for it. That second time I watched it. And that's where I noted it's also light
1: blue. Mm -hmm. Hello.
0: So we're going now into their second night there. It's been a traumatic day. Um, And in the middle of the night, Josh gets up to go try to take a look at that book. And we need to note that Mark disappeared during the day to go find that girl we have not seen Mark since because
1: he tells him specifically, "Hey, come with me. I'm going to show it to you." And this is after
0: we've already heard that they do hold an incest taboo, except for apparently creating the oracles, and that they do have mating with outside individuals, given their astronomical. um, As- Oh, what's it astrological, called? Astrological,
1: like astronomical.
0: Yeah, I they they they're put through the ringer they are put they're tested they're made sure they're compatible i think it's is it astrological it is astrological match i wrote i wrote that down specifically i paused the movie <laughs> so um so josh sneaks into the little temple place where the or that's where the oracle lives right i
1: think so yeah because
0: i think so too yeah it
1: kept showing it in the rafters above the one scene yeah i'm saying it. i don't know if it's a boy or a girl
0: Well, so here's what I find interesting. Anybody that knows much about biology is that to have that level of, like, disfiguration requires a lot of inbreeding. So I'm just curious, like, which members of that group are, like, inbred. Inbred so much that their
1: offspring will be deformed, but not
0: so much that they're deformed.
1: You think there's, like, a children under the stairs situation happening in one of these buildings we've not been in? I... Can only imagine
0: that there are other members of this cult we have yet to see in alternative stages of inbreeding.
1: I do like that there's um, all sorts of weird rituals going on in the background that nobody explains or focuses on. It's just all the Oh, you mean like them. the kids
0: playing the kids playing skin the full
1: in the beginning? I think that was funny.
0: <laughs> um so Josh sneaks in, he's taking pictures of the book he has not been granted permission to take pictures of, and He turns around because there's a naked man behind him. Oh, wait, we've missed a huge plot point, which was the day before. Terrible Mark pissed on their ancestral tree.
1: Terrible Mark is his
0: name. And he got super in trouble with one of the villagers. And he says the comment, I wouldn't be surprised if that
1: man tries to kill me. Which at this point, all of us are in that boat with Mark. We're all ready.
0: Well, and here's an interesting confirmation from Ari that, in fact, the naked man behind Josh is, in fact, that villager who was so mad at
1: Mark that he did, in fact, kill him. Necro pants. He made necro pants and a mask. I mean, uh, so...
0: The legs looked like they were attached to the human, so it almost looked like he was butt naked.
1: No, because he was wearing a shirt and a jacket thing. You don't think those are those weird Icelandic necro pants? Like it's, it's Mark's legs <sighs> as pants.
0: Oh my god! You know, I hadn't thought of that. I thought he was just wearing a Mark mask. I don't know why but he it took the it deck, cooler? but I
1: think it's Mark legs for sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a Beca- picture
0: because they're all attached. I. I'm getting an unsolicited dick pic
1: live. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> so you need to see it. Shut up. No, okay. So S- I me. thought at first send it to that me. this man was just bottomless. And I'm like, that's ruder. Just be naked. I'm more alarmed by the fact no, that, that you're wearing no, some clothing. That's what I thought it
0: was. I thought that. No, I thought he was like wearing a shirt, Mm-mm. but was just like letting the dingle dangle hangle and was wearing a mark mask. Oh, it's never and... said dingle
1: dangle to me again. <laughs>
0: And Josh, I I don't know, I looked at the guy's face and I was like, that's someone wearing a human mask. (laughs) But Josh is like, oh, Mark, is that you? Like, no, dude, it's someone wearing (laughs) a face face. It's clearly a dead man. He obviously doesn't look quite right.
1: <laughs> I'm having trouble Googling this without specifying naked, because I know it's going to give me real weird searches. I, uh,
0: don't even know what Google
1: term to search okay, for. Okay, so I uh, I found the death scene. I'm just going to send it to you and let it play on your phone because I'm a horrible person. But I can't... That's fine. Here's the thing. it's He's wearing a top half of the clothing and then you see, like, skin, legs, and this weird dick. I say weird because I'm not used to being <laughs> confronted with it in the darkness of the temple. So... <laughs> We didn't ask for it. I didn't. I really didn't. But so you see that. And then the fact that he's wearing it. We know necropants are a thing. I'm not saying they're common, but they exist and we're all aware of it. And then... I'm sorry.
0: I thought you said necropants (laughs) are. No. No. Now I've got so many ideas in my head. No,
1: I'm going to say... Oh, necropants do include the dick. All right. I'm going to send you a picture. I absolutely think this is what's going on.
0: Oh, no. I... Honestly, in, in our conversation,
1: which is why we're talking
0: about this, that makes sense.
1: No, you're going to look at it. I already looked at it. I will look at it. Don't worry. There, it's
0: on your phone. So so while not Mark has Josh's attention, someone kills Josh with the gigantic mallet, mm-hmm. and he just proceeds to, like, moan on the floor, which was creepy, and then they pull him away. Now, here's, import- here's an important thing, and I don't know if you noticed this. They pull him out of the scene. His blood's all over the floor. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay. The blood stays on the floor of the temple. We will see it later.
1: Really? I didn't catch it.
0: Yes. So um, the next day, they realize Josh and Mark are both, they, Danny and Christian, the only two left, realize that Danny and Mark are missing. And um, Father Ood comes out and says, the book is missing and we need to find it. And then they also specify that they're splitting Danny and Christian up for the day. Danny's going to go with the women. Christian has to go to Sev's house for whatever reason. Um, And so they put Danny in her dress. So I want to take just a second to examine Danny's clothing evolution. Mm Mm-hmm. Danny starts the film, dark, baggy clothes. After her family dies, she's still in baggy clothes. They're still mostly dark. They're very laid back. They're not figure or form-fitting. They're very sleepy, sad girl, if you had to pinpoint it. They're very out-of-the-matrix Neo and Trinity. You know what I mean? They're just kind of grungy and baggy and not fancy or ornate. They're
1: depression pants, yeah.
0: exactly she's in those same clothes on the plane when they get to Sweden she's still in those clothes by this time we've now seen her in a t-shirt and shorts we're seeing her in less and tighter more form-fitting clothes like she is coming out of a cocoon because in this next scene she is now in a white dress that is ordained with embroidery like every other woman that she's with and The, like, bib of the dress that is embroidered have the exact same runes that were on the picture Pele gave her.
1: Oh, that's kind of nice. I'd seen the runes, but I actually didn't notice them on the picture that...
0: Yes. I implore anybody who uh, has extra time, (laughs) which is everybody right now, to just Google, like runic symbolism in midsummer and there are so many really phenomenal um articles about how they're used backwards they make up some bind runes which are like um they're like when multiple runes are married together to mean like a more a more um how do i phrase it like a more complex thought, mm-hmm. so like like the, okay, here's one everybody knows. Bluetooth, that's two runes. They're put together. It's a binder rune. That's
1: kind of the interesting. symbol for
0: Bluetooth, is a bind rune. Um, there's there and there are some that people recognize, and there's some that people don't. And then I mean anybody can make a binderoon rune if that's a thing that you are into. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that like uh, the woman who dies in the stupa is wearing a rune on her symbol, a regular rune. Mm-hmm. Uh, just part of the Elder Futhark. But the man is actually wearing a bind rune I haven't been able to find.
1: I wondered what was up with his. I tried to find that too. Yes. And had zero luck. There's also like a
0: bind rune on the back of a door that I can't find anywhere. And I'm trying to, I'm like looking through like uh, illustrations of runes, trying to figure out. And the most I can assume is it's like a... A uh, combination of like fehu and a few other ones. Most of what they mean are age, journey, end, cycle. Um, also one that's used commonly is like ceremony, priest, male, female. Uh, like on Christian's robe, there's one that's specifically male. Mm-hmm. And then another one for essentially sacrifice or uh, offering is one that's used super often super frequently as well uh, in fact i i think um coming up we will go over it but there's also a rune on josh's foot when we see josh's foot later on in, the, in a few scenes um, just his foot. <laughs> yeah so um so danny is in line with all these women and the girl i don't know who she i never don't think I caught the name of the girl that she's kind of partnered with during this last section of the movie. Um, it's not Maya. I don't know who it is. Is it, um, is it Pele's sister or is it someone else? I think it's his remember. sister.
1: I didn't catch her okay. name though. But I also love yeah. her. Like the women are so welcoming and sweet to Danny, And again, she's reciprocal. She tries really hard to like fit in right. with what they're doing.
0: Right and and I on like I I truly think because like obviously we can tell just by the picture Pele gives her and this how we see all these runes repeated for Danny obviously there was communication between Pele and the Harga yes. regarding Danny so I would not be shocked if this was something where they were like even if she's not the May Queen we're going to try to adopt her into the Harga Well
1: like uh his dad welcoming her to the family when he just said like hi exactly to else. welcome home to her yeah and he's like
0: welcome home so I on I I, I I do believe in, and I do believe that that was something that was planned from the outset that as soon as Pele had any inkling that she was possibly going, he needed her to go. Which
1: thank you Pele save her
0: right. Well and we mentioned this via text message like three hours ago like Pele recognizes something in her that as a need. And he understands that the Harga can fill that need for her mm-hmm. in a way that she's never, never been supported. And so, I almost dare say Pele is a hero. Again, if we're going to, Pele is it's the a love story to a prince. Yes. Well, yeah. If we're going on fairy tale,
1: Danny's right our here,
0: hero. Danny is our hero, and we can go over the fairy tale that I I'm finding in here. As we close. So. Danny's in line. And the girl that she's with. That she's partnered with. Is like telling her how to do this part of the. She's calling it a contest. Properly. And you can. They're like mashing up. Some sort of yellow flower. Or mushroom. uh, Because they're all about to trip balls. And so. All these women get in line. They drink this weird sun tea. That looks disgusting. Uh, They all shoot it. Danny and her friend do that partnered breathing again, the <gasps>
1: <gasps> which again Danny does without prompting, just out of respect for the culture, which is
0: what you would normally do
1: if you weren't a and bastard like everyone else in this movie, like everybody else yeah. <laughs> except Connie. Did you um, notice Connie was also kind of cool? Because I know she freaked out at the su- I can't say the word, so I'm going to say suicide cliff, but. When they were walking up there, you know, there's all those flowers on that path. And she very deliberately mm-hmm. picked her way across it without stepping on them.
0: Yeah. No, and, and and I love how you get a sense of everybody's, like, moral character mm-hmm. based on, like, tertiary conversations and things they do with not the subject of the scene, like Mark randomly, oh, yeah, I saw her doing this.
1: And not even thinking about anything. Just It's fine. Exactly.
0: It tells so much more about his personality and his moral aptitude than a scene where we watch him, like, be a overt asshole.
1: Yeah, versus, like, Danny was upset that the girl was upset. She didn't need any sign that she was in danger to be concerned and to try to advocate for her. Right. So, Danny,
0: they're all kind of standing around the maypole and... I think Danny's starting to realize that she's tripping balls. Mm-hmm. And she looks down at her feet, which is Ariaster keeps making the world come to life. And I love it. And it also gives me anxiety. Yep. But her her feet start turning into the ground. And if you notice, the runes are also on her shoes. And it's the rune that means difficult journey. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, you're just. Laying it out there now, aren't you, Ari? Right.
1: Well, I, I really, I loved the scene, and I loved that she clearly didn't know what was going on, but she was jovial and willing to participate, and she was absolutely a part of them. I thought it was so cute too. As it progresses, the girls are happy for one another. As individuals drop off, you know, because they're doing the dance, and eventually people get and tired. And the handshaking,
0: yeah, they're super excited. Everybody is stoked to participate, and I won't lie, I kind of want to do it.
1: Yeah, except when you look at the people who are viewing it, everyone is attentive and respectful and excited, except again, Christian. Christian, who, what, what,
0: oh, I remember what happened. So while she's getting ready for the, um, well, she's getting ready for the competition, he's in Siv's house where Siv's like, oh, yeah, you've been approved to mate with Maya. Well, he, and that's when he of,
1: mentions to her, like, I think I ate her pubes.
0: Right. And I'm just like, how about grow a spine and be like, I'm not mating with this random girl. I got a girlfriend. We've been together for four years. I'm committed as fuck.
1: Or but just no, like, he's just fine, like, I'll go break uh, up with Danny because I'm not that much of a trash bag. Like, I'm trash, but I'm not right. empty.
0: But instead, he goes through some sort of internal existential crisis that we're not privy to, which I'm glad because I don't give a shit. (laughs) Because at this point, like, well, at this point, he just sucks. Like, he just sucks.
1: But do you think, okay, and here's where Steven has a good point, and I can't decide how I feel. Uh, Because we've seen he's trash, I'm perfectly willing to believe that he's just actively being like, oh, cool, I'm going to screw this slightly underage girl. But my... (laughs) Actually, she's not slightly underage. If you look,
0: apparently she's like 15. That is, a, oh, she's very underage. I thought she was, like, 17. No, no, no. Um, I don't know where the n- number came from. It may have been Ari Oster, and cause, I think it's because it's based on, like, actual old-school traditions from Sweden. The thing that, like, oh, she just, I don't know the word that Pele said, it's the rights of puberty that you give someone at,
1: like, 14, 15. Yeah, he said pants license. As a joke, to explain it to the Americans.
0: Oh my god, I didn't catch it. Yeah, that, I, I had ew. subtitles
1: on, so I caught Oh, them. that's
0: disgusting. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but ew. Pele, come on. Pele's like disappointing me all of a sudden out of nowhere. <laughs>
1: like, <what>? I know, <laughs> but like, ew. But no, so here's my issue. At this point, so our, if we're going to accept that the love potion worked, he has eaten her pube in a creepy meat pie. He has drank her period blood, which again, if you look around and everyone's drink is different and yours is weird and cloudy and red, first off, I don't do- drink it. Yeah, reconsider your scary roofy drink because something is weird well, about it.
0: I mean, I don't know if that's something ingrained in me because I am a woman and so for most of my adult in young adult life, was like don't ever leave your drink unattended. And if someone gives you a drink and it seems fishy, throw that shit out. But like, as soon as they put his drink down, I was like, "There's blood in that shit."
1: See, I didn't, I didn't even think blood, but I thought at least you got my fucking drink order wrong, or there's something weird here. Like, I got <laughs> uh, this the is end a of the cherry mix.
0: diet coke, <laughs> and I ordered a regular diet okay, coke. But
1: see, I don't even think it's just about being a girl because Austin, Steven, and Mike all would have thrown that out. Absolutely. Or done, that again, the, totally ooh, the delicious color. pouring it down my side, fake drinking ooh. thing. Tastes like a penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't understand that it, it was so different and nobody else had a different drink. Yeah. No. It was, uh, no. He should have known better. Yeah. I don't, I don't, Aww. ugh.
0: I'm not, bl- I'm not, okay, I'm not blaming it. But
1: this is my but thing. Like, I don't believe that the love potion works. So I do think that he's being a bastard man. So again, I'm comfortable with him dying. But no, I, I also <laughs> agree.
0: I don't think that pubes are going to make you fall in love with somebody.
1: <laughs>
0: Especially like unrequested pubic hairs. In your
1: food. Sneakily. Flopping. That's going to
0: make me unfall in love with somebody in a heartbeat
1: yeah like if you're gonna crotch loss someone like you should have the right to say yes or no to that it should not be sprung upon you
0: absolutely absolutely especially not a meat pie which is
1: questionable as it is at least give me a food i identify if you're gonna put mystery hair substances in it
0: i mean how much do we want to think that they were just like eating like the insides of mark or no they were so
1: alive well (laughs) at some point though do you remember um After she's the May Queen, and they sit down for that dinner, they show that Mm -hmm. meat thing that is covered in flies. And this whole movie, I've been saying, nobody is fanning the food. It's sitting out there in a meadow. It's clearly full of bugs. Um, Bay bugs the whole movie.
0: These are old world customs (laughs) people don't eat bugs even in the old world i don't know if you noticed that they don't have refrigerators
1: um that that (laughs) makes sense didn't think of it but we could still put a nice little mesh covering or a cloth over it i mean i won't lie though um
0: so we'll, we'll fast forward um All the women are dancing around the Maypole. Christian comes back out. He's looking kind of bummed because he either has to cheat on his girlfriend that he doesn't love or he has to break up with a girlfriend that he doesn't love, and that's real difficult for him.
1: Or just not sleep with a 15-year-old, but whatever. uh,
0: We should feel bad for him. So he sits down off to the side where all the people, all the girls that have stopped dancing are sitting. He gets offered a drink, and he tries to say no, which I was like, good job, Christian. But then he still drinks it because he's terrible. Yes. And um, he starts having a really fucking bad trip, while Danny's having, like, a really fucking good trip. And a really interesting thing happens at the end of Maypole Dance, when it's, like, her and those two last girls, and they're dancing, and the subject comes up of, like, when are you going to teach me Swedish?
1: Yeah, and they can understand each other. I loved that. And
0: and it reminds me of, I think, I think you love this film, too, The 13th Warrior.
1: (laughs) Yes, I do love that movie.
0: Where miraculously they just understand each other and it's done so seamlessly and it's done so well that I was like fuck yeah Danny way to have a great trip and dance and as soon as she speaks Swedish to the other girl the two additional girls you know that were going together hit each other they fall down and Danny is then the May Queen which is super exciting and she gets to wear this floral crown and she's excited and she's fucking tripping balls Every flower is undulating and, like, trying to become part of her body.
1: I resent that so and much. She,
0: and she, <laughs> you say you
1: resent it? Yes, it's yucky.
0: Then she sits in that throne that has all the ivy on The ivy's, like, licking up at her fingers like it's alive. And then you see kind of, you're looking at her at the front of the table, like, through the whole table that's, you know, not in focus. And everything's undulating and moving and covered in flies. Including the meat, which I was
1: very concerned
0: about. I won't lie, though. That meat looks like a
1: human shoulder. Really? I thought it looked like a... Like sheep or pig. a full mutton know. or a pig or something. But yeah, yeah, I'm willing I'm to accept it could be what's this All way? of
0: their... You can't see what their food is. And honestly, I'm probably... We we should be thankful. It's probably
1: yucky food is good. Because...
0: Well, it, and it might be humans. We don't know. Because <laughs> at this point... Well, at this point, Mark's body is empty.
1: <laughs> Ew, it's empty.
0: It's right. His skin is just... Laughing. I'm not wrong. Mark's body is empty somewhere. Yeah. And his... And his skin's... I don't know where his skin's his at. Pants. He's pants. He's pants and a mask.
1: Yeah. And so, do you think they made, like, accessories? Like, somewhere there's a Mark fanny pack or something? <laughs> Someone's wearing, like, a Mark vest. I'm going to check the A24 auction see if we've got one.
0: Oh, wait. Is a Mark fanny pack just made of Mark's fanny? <laughs> Gross. And... How do you get your coat anybody... Ew, it's in case anybody from England is listening, Fanny's here. Mean butt. It's a
1: drawstring. <laughs> uh, well, you see, Beth, it's got a natural pocket. Oh God, nature's pocket. It's got nature's pocket. Oh gross! I don't want to put my so, keys in there. So, did
0: you notice that in the hubbub after Danny won the May queen competition and all the people are passing her, her parents pass her? Yeah,
1: I did. That was. Alarming. And they're the only
0: ones. They're not. They're devoid of emotion.
1: And not her sister. No. Just
0: them. Um, Which I thought was once again really interesting. Because Ari Oster has this fascination with specifically parental child relationships. Mm -hmm. And he will not go into any detail on the personal stories and feelings and things that occurred but whatever it is, like he's trying to evoke a feeling. Um, he has said multiple times in none of his films there's no um no direct like nobody in this movie is his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, you know, nobody in hereditary is his family, but he's evoking a feeling that he has felt in these in certain situations um so Pele, I don't know if you notice. Pele full-on kisses her on the mouth.
1: Yeah, and I was so happy. Yeah. Um,
0: in uh, Christian could see this if he gave a shit about her whereabouts. Yeah. Um, when they sit down to eat, Christian's sitting next to an older man. Christian's having the world's worst trip, and I would not be surprised if his drink was tainted with anything else.
1: Yeah, he looks so scared the whole time.
0: He's super disoriented, and we've seen what a bad trip looks like on other people. And this, his trip is markedly different than what Ari Aster has kind of given us as the status quo in terms of the tea trip for the Harga. Um, well, we don't really see what the he's part- seeing
1: much. We see the distortion, but no. mostly you just see his face, and he looks really scared.
0: Yeah, he's having a lot of... He's almost like hallucinogenic effects that are more... But then here's here's the additional uh, psychedelic knowledge that I have. Is that if you are in a really bad headspace, your trip's going to be in a really bad space for you. What's his bad space, though? Danny... Well, he's been through four days of random people dying. Half of his friends are missing. He's now been told he, he is allowed to mate with a person that he wants to fuck, but now he's realizing that maybe he's a
1: dick. He seemed happy about all those things, I thought.
0: I would, I would posit that there's probably some existential crisis happening within Christian's head because I have to feel like at some point in this four of nine days, <laughs> by this fourth day, he's, I would hope, questioning some of his life decisions.
1: I did not get that.
0: But if you are in any way like it, well, even like if you have like subconscious issues, they tell you, hey, if you're not like totally cool subconsciously, if you don't have all your shit, all your P's and Q's minded, all your I's dotted and your T's crossed, maybe don't do psychedelics because it's going to open up a part of your brain you don't really want to deal with right now. And so I can only imagine that's probably something that's going on, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we find out, like, oh, yeah, no, they put some really super weird shit in his tea.
1: Now, I totally hear you. I think your point is valid. My opinion. I felt Mm -hmm. like he's so self-involved and horrible, and the entire time he treats Danny like she's... Just this absolute burden. Like he does all these weird virtue signaling things where he pretends he's looking after her and he's concerned. But then again, like, you know, like the tea when she didn't want to take the hallucinogenics. And then he's like, oh, you don't have to. Don't let Mark pressure you. But then it also went out of his way to make it awkward that she didn't want to do it until she had to force herself to be like, let's do it. I'm going to talk you into it. He does that through mm-hmm. the whole movie. And so I feel like, What he was not liking, what he was regretting and feeling alarmed by, Mm -hmm. I don't think he was having any realization or regret. I think what he didn't like was that Danny was a center of attention. Danny was embraced by the community while he was largely Mm -hmm. ignored.
0: And uh, honestly, super valid point. And I can absolutely see that. I could be giving Christian way too much credit as a human (laughs) being. And I see that because up to this point, we have no reason to believe that he has any sort of conscience that works on a real human being level. And I'm assigning a lot of my conscience to him, I think. So I could see me being absolutely off base. Well,
1: I think that you are correct as far as the actor's interpretation. Because I've read an interview with him where he says largely what you've said, which is that he's realizing he's made a mistake. And that's kind of... Partially the reason for his distress. It's just mm-hmm. not how it feels to me. And to me, like, he reaches out to the gentleman next to him. And <laughs> this is really uncharitable, but I feel like it's kind of attention seeking and like, tell me I'm fine, tell me everything's good, instead of actually giving a shit about anything. Because remember, when Danny was, she didn't care about the dance contest. He didn't care when she won. He didn't care when they carried her off aloft in the crowd. He didn't even follow. Mm-hmm. We don't know how he got to this dinner. So, to me, it was him, again, trying to put attention and focus on himself instead of feeling ignored. He's injecting himself in the conversation. And that mean little old man claps in his face. Can you tell me what's going on here? And he just claps in his face and makes everything
0: worse. And I'm just like, you know what Christian needed this whole film was someone clapping in his face. Yeah, it was just you don't deserve
1: to be a part of this. You're not the focus.
0: You don't matter here. No. You sit here, you eat, you shut up. End of story. I think
1: he was distressed because she was happy. Honestly, cuz he should be alarmed by the She people. was. Yes. It was so cute when they went to feed her the mm, salt herring and and she couldn't and eat she it. Couldn't eat it. But then remember she went like mm, like a little kid like yucky face and it was so yes. charming.
0: No, and and in that scene, they're also like, "Oh, are you gonna stay? Are you gonna be part of the Harga? Are you part of the family? Join the family!" And she's like, "Ah, uh, fuck yeah,
1: yeah!" That's when the girl first called her sisters.
0: Yes, Which so I like love. we now we're seeing. Now we're seeing that Danny is allowing herself to be a part of this family. And we're going to see a lot of things change with Danny in this, like, because we've hit the full on climax of the film. And we're going to see so much change with her in the next, like, 15, 20 minutes. It's, like, amazing. So after the food, they're split again. Danny's supposed to go, like, bless some crops with the other maidens. And this is time for Christian to go have sex with an underage girl. Um, which as you mentioned, your husband did remark that this was a sexual assault toward Christian, which I do agree because if you're going to drug a woman and have sex with her and that's sexual assault and you drug a man, that's also going to be sexual assault. Um, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, he walks into the temple.
1: No, you're right. I believe he does. He follows that little flower petal path. The girl is leaving and I fucking him. And remember, Danny so, even knows because she asks, can he go with her? Because she sees that he's afraid, and mm-hmm. so she still makes the compassionate choice to look out exactly. for him instead of herself. But Civ tells her, like, nah, fuck him. That's not for you. Yeah. That's
0: not for you. We have a thing over here. This is not for you. And so Well, I think more it was, that's robe. not for
1: him. He's not a part of the blessing. He doesn't matter. You're the goddamn make But A-point. no, but...
0: But she was trying to go to the temple. Well, it's a little bit later, but she's trying to go to the temple when she hears someone goes on yes. in there.
1: I think I, I'm talking like, about no, original. No, you
0: don't need to go here. Oh, no, that's that's true. But you so, are right. He he goes in there. He's wearing a robe. Once again, if you have a second, royal you or you, Beth, can look, mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. haven't already, there are runes on, like, the, like, shoulders of the robe he's in. They're in blue. And one is, like, the masculine rune and the other one i believe is a rune for offering Ooh. and he walks into the temple and i'd be freaked out uh maya is laying on a bed of blue flowers and she is the nudist who is nude uh and she's surrounded by i would assume like a dozen women from the harga who are also naked and they're all like interlocking arms like uh the like the Rockettes or whatever it is in New York, and um, they start the mating ritual, uh, which gets really weird really quick because he goes to start his humping, and Maya reaches out for one of the women who decides to sing to them in their faces. I
1: took that as, like, her wanting comfort because she doesn't give a shit about Christian. She wants to be pregnant to contribute to her community, but he is nothing but his sperm in the scene. He is, a, he is but a stud and
0: not in like, you know, in a the, uh, ag, in the agricultural way. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he is nothing, but he's just there because he, he has the secondary component to creating a child. And so she's reaching for her family. And so this woman comes down, I presume, and she's
1: singing to her. I presume that's her mother or something.
0: And that was my thing is like, I would assume that this is someone that she is very close with, like a mother or a sister. A maternal figure, anyway. Yes. And all of the women are kind of swaying back and forth. And as Maya starts to moan, the women behind her, the cacophony of women behind her, also start to moan, which is weird as fuck.
1: (laughs) See, but okay, the woman who is singing is moaning first. I think she does it to show Maya what to do. And then, yes, the community, the chorus picks it up.
0: I I don't disagree with that at all. Um and so at this point, you can assume that 13 women moaning in a barn uh is probably going to catch somebody's ear, which is where we find out yes, Danny has heard this and now is like I need to go to the barn. Like there's something happening in there and everyone's like that's not for you. Like and think of it this way, like he's planting a seed, <laughs> ew, and she's blessing a seed. Mm-hmm. So they're actually two parts of the same cycle. So you go back to the very beginning where Father Ood's talking about how the hermaphroditic nature of na- or you know, the her- her- hermaphroditic nature of nature. And then you're seeing this where they're both t- you kind know, of tasked with equal yet different, like, blessings within this fertility seed planting ritual that they're doing which i thought was interesting and i was also like why would you pick christian he's a piece of shit Uh,
1: yeah but i mean i do think that that makes sense and i think it was really interesting i liked that they tried to stop danny but didn't physically restrain her they just went with her to support her when the conclusion they know is coming arrives
0: and i honestly think i think it is truly because they understand that in order for her to stay with the Harga, that last tie that binds her to New York, to her old life, is Christian. Mm-hmm. And I think I, if it wasn't this, it would have been something else that she saw
1: that would have caused it i agree with that i think steven his most horrible moment the one he's brought up over and over is during the sex scene when which that's a general term for it but the rape the impregnation of the underage whatever we want to call it mm-hmm. um one of the elderly women so maya tells christian <laughs> to finish the elderly woman starts pushing on his bottom to try and help him like <laughs> thrusting his ass for him correct And Stephen was so alarmed by this perceived invasion of privacy. I could not stop laughing.
0: Well, I can just imagine. I can imagine how awkward that would be. But here's an interesting thing. So in this, I think it is actually this part. Either right before or right after that specific thing happens, we're watching the ritual from above it. Mm -hmm. And if you look above Maya's head, like the flowers are arranged on it, you see the blood from Josh.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yes. So yeah, it's got to be the temple, right? Thing. Exactly. Um, so Danny ends up obviously running to the temple. She can't get in, but she looks through this tragically large keyhole.
1: And <laughs> tragically large keyhole is the name of my band. <laughs> it's
0: my next album. <laughs> so um, I love that we don't see what she sees because mm-hmm. we've already seen everything anyway. And so we don't need to see what she's seen. We already know what she's seeing. And she then goes through. She gets violently ill. She starts screaming and crying. She runs to the barn where they're sleeping. She's trying to leave. And she's having a reaction equal to her reaction in the beginning when her parents are dead. Yes,
1: this is a death. It's a different kind of death, but it's a death for her
0: absolutely everything that she has loved now is apart from her her parents her sister and now the last person in her community has betrayed her in a way that is unforgivable to her and so she now has nobody she is alone which is the perfect time for the hargo women to start the sympathetic crying with her so just as the women are sympathetically moaning with maya the other group of women are now sympathetically crying with with Danny, and they start to sink. They're crying in unison. They're hyperventilating in unison. They're having this panic attack together as a shared
1: traumatic experience. And anticipating and, her movements, which implies they understand yes, her on a base level.
0: Exactly, which is something if you juxtapose that with Christian in the very beginning, he's just holding her limply while she cries. He's waiting for gone. her to stop. Exactly. Whereas these women are like, no, you are having something happen. And we while we cannot actually feel your feelings, we can mimic your feelings back to you. So you know you're hurt. And actually, psychologically, this is something that actually it helps with child rearing. Like, I don't know if you've noticed when people, when their babies are crying, they'll kind of cry back to them. I did not. It's a, it's a sympathetic, like, um, uh, autonom- like uh, I think it might be like a nervous system or something like that. Like, you, babies feel more heard in the cry when it's repeated to them. So if a baby's crying and you're, like, rocking them and trying to get them to calm down, you'll notice sometimes if you go, ooh and you cry with them that helps them self-regulate their body again
1: I'd never heard of that but that's fascinating yes
0: it is a thing that is real in nature this kind of shared shared mimicry between you know either just two people or groups of people is a bond strengthener like it's 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 shocking so um, at this point Christian runs out of the barn after finishing uh, bare-ass naked and uh, at first not even covering everything. And I didn't need to see a second dick in this film. See,
1: I think this is the argument for Rape, though, because he is genuinely distressed.
0: Absolutely. No, I agree. Even if he seemed to be a willing participant... I'm not by sure the time he, he comes out of there, yes, by the time he comes out of there, it is very obvious that whatever was occurring within that temple was not something he was comfortable with, and you are allowed to change your mind at any time. So, yeah, there was something bad happened to him in that barn, and he runs to the chicken coop
1: where we see Simon in full blood eagle. I love you for recognizing what that was because I was excited immediately.
0: I'd like to give a science lesson, though, in that um, we do see Simon breathe even though his lungs are outside of his body because, in theory, your trachea is still attached. You've lost very little blood um, in a blood eagle, and so you would be alive. However, However, pulling your lungs outside of your body would not allow you to take a breath because your lungs rely on the diaphragm underneath to expand and contract, so he couldn't actually breathe. It was just added for dramatic effect. I thought
1: it worked. <laughs> yeah, I was very alarmed. <laughs> oh, I and I really loved it. I was so hopeful that those flowers were somehow pasted or mudded onto his closed eyelids until I saw on the right hand side. You know, when Christian is kind of investigating Simon's body, you can see like, nah, they are they are shoved in there.
0: Oh yeah, no, they um, they uh, they fucked him up. Yeah, they fucked him up. So, um, someone sinks up behind Christian, they blow this weird powder in his face, and he becomes paralyzed. Um.
1: Oh, when they close his eyes. He's paralyzed and he falls, and then you see from his vision, the man reach out and close his eyelids, basically. Gross. I love that. It was gross.
0: So, um, then we're kind of back outside, uh, Danny looks horrifically miserable, and is (laughs) covered. In a floral gown, which...
1: I loved it! It looked like where the wild things are, the botanical version.
0: I feel like it should be the Halloween costume we both use this year.
1: Uh, You mean like the Target dress that we wear? The dress that we wear to Target? Yeah. (laughs) That was a verbal contract. We're doing it.
0: I I love it. I think it's great. I think it's cheerful. And I love that it's so cheerful and she's so sad.
1: I tried to buy Um, it on that auction. (laughs)
0: How much? How much was it when you tried to? buy It,
1: it? was. I. It was over a thousand. I, I quit bad. looking then because I. I don't have money like that.
0: <laughs> um. So this is where we learn about the ritual and what's going on, and it's that uh, part of this seasonal ritual requires a sacrifice of nine people: four people from the Harga, four people from the outside, and one that the May Queen chooses. Um, the four from the outside, as we've guessed already. Connie, Simon, Josh, and Mark. Um, And the four from the inside. We never learned the two names of the, I think we do learn the names of the two villagers that were already dead. They
1: say it, but we never had any interaction with them that I'm aware of. No. And their little ritual corpsey thing, it's fascinating. The apples in the tummy and the branches out the mouth, and I'm all about it.
0: Absolutely, and I love that. And then two other. Please tell me the right word when speaking
1: about ritual murder.
0: <laughs> it's not the wrong word. <laughs> so, so then also Ingmar and I forget the second villager who's still alive have volunteered to be the second two from the village to be sacrificed. Um, then they essentially pull a lottery. Um, so Danny has to choose between another villager and Christian, and we never actually hear her. Say Christian's name. Well, we know. bitch has a look. (laughs) Bitch has a look, and I know what that look is saying. Hey, the
1: auction is tomorrow. I think I saw an ad where it was $7,000. We're So going to need to monitor that tomorrow.
0: Oh, man. I cannot buy that dress. (laughs) I don't have room for it. Maybe everyone else is asleep. We'll we'll check it out. That is is an unreasonable purchase. (laughs) It's necessary. My accountant, i.e. me, (laughs) would be... very mad.
1: Um, <laughs> sorry, I fell into an but, auction
0: loop. We so we this is now an auction podcast. <laughs> um so we we see them bring in all of the sacrifices. That's uh, when we, we see Connie see too.
1: It's the only time we see her on that uh wheelbarrow. Yes. We
0: see Connie soaking wet in a wheelbarrow. We see them bringing uh Simon's body in. We see them bringing Uh, Josh's body in, and then we see them bringing Mark's body in, where he (laughs) looks like a a fucked up Jester Scarecrow, or like that clown from um, Poltergeist. Okay,
1: so his torso is in there though. Remember we talked about we don't know where his body is? That is Mm -hmm. absolutely a straw dummy, but if you look at the arm, there's meat. There's straw protruding from like wrist meat. So they took his hands for something else. Maybe warm gloves for winter?
0: Yeah, I don't know. know. Um, so yeah, like uh then they position the two already dead villagers in there and they <laughs> insert Christian into the body of a disemboweled okay, bear. Okay,
1: so I read that people think that they cut off his legs to fit him in the torso. Do you now the the proof of that was that there's not enough room to put a grown ass man inside the tummy of a bear, granted. I kinda think he could probably sit in you're not supposed to say Indian legged, huh? But you could probably sit Oh like Chris Crisscross applesauce. Yeah, you could probably say crisscross applesauce, but my thing is, so the proof that they had that this is what occurred was that, and it's true. The very last scene when you see them lay him out, kind of ready to get him into the bear, they're pushing mm-hmm. up his robe, presumably to chop off his legs so he fits. I can't decide if I think that's true. Logistically, it might be though, because the bear isn't. They didn't remove that much meat from the bear that we saw. He's has enough mass to sit upright.
0: Right. However, if they had cut his legs off, he would have lost so much blood that he wouldn't be
1: alive, Unless they which he much is. Maybe they turn a and cauterized.
0: You know, uh, this is another one of those things where uh, you can make your own decision. I want your
1: opinion. <sighs> Commit.
0: I think he's got his legs still. I wouldn't doubt that they probably broke the fuck out of his legs to get him in there. Crisscross
1: applesauce him?
0: Yeah. Like forced yoga. Um, but then they they also bring it. So they bring him in and they bring in the two villagers that are alive. And I thought this was very interesting. And I don't know if you caught this. The, the guy that's talking to the two of them who's giving them the you poison. Because you is very, it's a type of tree and it's very, very poisonous. Mm-hmm. And he says to one of them, you will not feel fear. And he says to the other, you will not feel pain. Yes. And... Inside of the temple, there are these bind runes. And I believe that the two runes together mean religion and sacrifice, um, offering, ritual, and transcendence or something. So we know what's happening inside this barn. Danny's watching outside. All the rest of the Harga are watching outside. And these men in these weird fringy masks, they look like,
1: gorgeous four cowboys
0: i love it um they uh they set fire to the inside and obviously most of the people in there are dead however remember christian's not dead he's just paralyzed and he cannot speak and um so it starts to go up in flames and everything's fine everyone's outside watching danny's you can see she's scared she
1: kind of seems pinned down by her dress
0: Uh, Well, I mean, it's probably 35 pounds of flowers, and she's still probably tripping. Yeah. So I found it interesting as the fire progresses, and it reaches the two living Harga members. The one who was told you will not feel pain had no pain. The one who was told you will not feel fear had no fear, but he screamed in pain. That makes sense. I thought that was interesting. I caught what they
1: were told. I didn't catch the progression.
0: So people have speculated that that was actually showing that when the man said, you will feel no fear, you will feel no pain, he was lying to them. And they were making eye contact and having a nonverbal conversation that, oh, he fucking lied to us.
1: I did not take that. I thought it was part of the whole exorcism. Like, he's the fear, he's the pain.
0: And that's what I thought as well is that like, and I, that all, but it also ties to how I think that these deaths have to be tied to some sort of physical trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, it can't be a quiet, silent death. It has to be something physically traumatic in order to like pay the proper price. Well, that's in Norse
1: mythology, like when Tyr gets his hand eaten by Fenri, it's a traumatic event when Odin has to rip his own eyeball out or stab himself and and hang it's not their death that's the gift it's the mm -hmm. suffering
0: exactly it's 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 the bravery through knowing that you will suffer for this yeah which is why when the little boy was like okay i'll jump in the lake they didn't take him because they needed him to suffer
1: (coughs) that makes sense and then plus what it doesn't make okay so Granted, I don't know it wasn't an accidental fire, but the suggestion is certainly that peli's parents died in this ritual or a ritual similar to it. So, which again, mm-hmm. if, if we're saying it's the nine years is significant, then the 90 years still works. So maybe there's been every nine years they kill one or two. Um, right. And that's the thing. It, what bothers me is these people have doubtless attended this ritual before. I don't believe the other people didn't scream when they burned. So realistically... It doesn't matter if he told them that they are cognizant enough to know, yeah, we're gonna suffer. We're gonna burn alive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So at this point when they're screaming inside the temple, now we go outside and the harga are screaming with them and Danny's kind of screaming and running. And now the Harga are more like violent toward themselves, like you're they're pulling their own hair, and punching themselves. Yeah, but and some are smiling and, too. And some are smiling. And you can see this kind of progression. They're working through the trauma with these screams and these moans coming out of the temple. Um, They're, once again, mimicking that, A, I think to let the people inside the temple know, we're here with you. We're suffering with you. Suffering is the crux of this. We need to have the suffering so we can appease the gods, so we can have you know, babies and fruit and all this stuff, and it's great. And then the last picture you see in the film, it cuts from the temple in fire to Danny smiling.
1: So and well. we've never
0: seen Danny smile. And Danny smiles and the screen goes black and... I realize we just watched a fairy tale.
1: See, I thought like that was a community exorcism. Danny, as part of the community, has now been exercised of her pain, fear, and loneliness. And the thing is, like, she chose right because they would have had to kill Christian anyway. He's not going right. to keep this. They couldn't to have himself. let him go home. Right. There's no way. Mm hmm. I thought it was a and, beautiful and
0: ending. Absolutely. And And it is a fairy tale. We start this, like, think of Cinderella. Cinderella is essentially an orphan. Her dad's gone or dead and her mother's dead and she just has a stepmother who's terrible. Danny doesn't have anybody. Her family's taken from her. All she has is a Christian who's terrible. You know, Mm -hmm. she's put through, like, she's put through, essentially, a bunch of different trials. They're traumatic. You watch this person die, this person die, this person die. You know, you (laughs) drink the tea today and today and today and deal with this and this and this and at the end of it she emerges a totally different person with a brand new family a supportive group of people that work with her symbiotically that feel true empathy for her that understand the trauma and the suffering that she's had her whole life she's proven herself as a member of the harga look at my suffering look at all this i've shed from my life previously I belong here now.
1: I agree with that 100%. And I think that's why Pele kind of focused on her is because they refer to their, you know, the leader of their religion as a deity of reciprocity. But so far, Tani is only ever given. She's never received.
0: And they're now reciprocating for her. And it's like someone makes the comment that, like, she, you have to release your worst affect to... Oh, the bear. Yeah. Yes. And... I, and I think, so, I think it was maybe an article on Vox talked about how Christian is her worst affect. Agree. Like, of everything in her life, like, the thing that's carrying her or pulling her down is her relationship with Christian. He's unemotional, unsympathetic, unempathetic, unsupportive. Uh, and it's because he has no spine and won't just leave her. He's cruel. And, and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's an emotional, like, there's an emotional boundary that he's unwilling to pass with her. And I understand it's because he's not as invested. But at that point in a relationship, you either, and this is crude, have to shit or get off the pot. <laughs> and at four years, if you can't have even a semblance of empathy for your partner, given a truly traumatic instance in their life, you don't deserve that partner any longer. You just don't
1: fully agree um he he was selfish and he his attempts to be kind to her were meaner than just ripping the band-aid off
0: i agree i absolutely agree